Samuel Shaib, and I'm documenting my journey from immigrant professional to entrepreneur and highlighting the lessons I have learned from the works of the coaches and mentors who are guiding me. Each week, you will get to hear me share steps I'm taking to build my business, as well as conversations with other successful and like-minded individuals. I bring on these leaders and business owners to tell their stories of success and failure so we can take and apply the lessons they have learned over the years. If you are an internationally trained professional just like me, or an entrepreneur in the early stages of your business, or maybe you are still in your 9 to 5 and probably considering starting your own business and looking for guidance from some of the brightest minds on how to create a lifestyle of freedom, absolute control and fulfillment in life and business, then this is for you. Welcome to the Lead Podcast. This is the League of Icons. Mind your mind. Be your focus and play by a different set of rules. Okay, so I'd like to say a big thank you to um, Bola Disokwe, who is joining us on the on today's episode of the uh, the League podcast. Um, Bola, thank you so much uh, for joining us. Thank you for having me. How's everyone doing? Hi, from wherever it is that you're joining from. I would just like to have Bola just tell us a little bit about himself, his background. Oh, sure. Um, in terms of what I do, I, I think I can be described as the guy that wears a number of hats, and I will explain that to you. Okay. Um, I am a business and HR transformation consultant. So that's what I do on one side. On the other hand, I am a career coach and strategist. I work with professionals who are trying to transform their career. And then I am a man of, a man with many ladies. So I have one <laughs> wife and two daughters. So I'm surrounded by ladies in my house. It was, it was, it was very imperative that you clarify that last statement because <laughs> we could have misconstrued that for something else. I think we probably oh, yeah, yeah, might. Yeah. I think oh no, <laughs> my my wife is gonna kill me if she hears something different. I I think we might just be um, we may just have some common um, in, in, with regards to that. I have I have two girls. In fact, my my little boy is barely is barely uh, two and a half years old. So before he came, I also just had women all around me. So oh, right. I I totally cool. understand how it feels when you have when you're surrounded by women. Okay, mm-hmm. so Paula, this is what you do. Where are you origin- where are you originally from? Um, oh, oh yeah, I do apologize. Of course, I am from Niger, like <laughs> Niger, our people. Uh, by the way, I left Nigeria in 2018 to come to Canada, and I came here for just two reasons. I came here to gain global exposure. One, uh, I also came here to be able to experiment a lot of things that I had in my head, that the environment wasn't really um, allowing me to experiment. But before I came here, um, I, worked, I worked in three places in Nigeria. Uh, I worked in the media. Uh, I worked with a company called Ultima Studios. Uh, they used to produce Wants to Be a Millionaire, Project Fame, and all of those stuff. Um, I worked in IT, and then I worked in projects. 
Okay. After that, I moved to a consulting company where I worked as a project manager, did business analysis, and I ended up as the head of the project management office in that organization, ran a lot of projects, a lot of transformation initiatives and training for, uh, for several organizations and banks and all of that. And then I moved to an investment bank uh, called Asset and Resource Management Company Holding Limited like the ARM group of companies where I work from the PMO also, uh, running a lot of transformation projects and all of that. So that's where what I was doing in Nigeria. Yeah, so that, that was Bola before, before I moved to, um, to, to the country, to Canada. Before we get into the, into the nitty-gritty, so when you yes. arrived here, how would you, now you, you mentioned something about the environment, the environment didn't provide you the, the it, wasn't, it wasn't an enabling environment to help you experiment some of the thoughts and ideas that you had. So when yeah. you arrived in Canada, what was, what was your first initial reaction when you arrived? The near perfect system. Like I said, there's no perfect system, but the near perfect system in the country. Those were the two, uh, the th- two things that sh- shocked me, you know, say it shocked you. <laughs> Those are the two things that we're like, wow. And then I said to myself, now I can dream again. So coming back to you being able to dream again. So what were these dreams that you had in mind? And, and how did you start this, this thing, this consultancy, this journey of yours that has brought you this far? Right. So one thing that I, probably forgot to mention when I was introducing myself. I started running a consulting company. I also co-founded a social enterprise with my friend and partner, Taiwo Abraham. Shout out to Taiwo Abraham if you're listening. Shout out, big, great guy. Um, we, we, we partnered together and we founded or we co-founded a social enterprise and it's called Helping Other People Succeed. Now, this social enterprise provides mentoring, provides coaching, provides overall mindset and career transformation programs and support to professionals with heavy focus on immigrants. Uh, You're an immigrant, you get into the country, and this is what I've seen. There are two types of people that come into the country. Uh, There are two types of mindset that are picked up when people get into the country. The first mindset is, wow, this place is a place where I can be whatever it is I want to be. That's the first category of people uh, or category of reactions that people have when they come into the country. And then the second one is, ah, I might probably need to start off as a warehouse associate and then maybe do like some bit of uh, packaging and then some bit of maybe customer service. Hey, 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 hold on, hold on, guys. I have absolute respect for people that work in those professions, right? Um, Because it takes integrity Hmm. for you to do that. I have absolute respect for those that work in those professions. I have absolute respect for those professions. I am just saying that those were not what a lot of people wanted to work as, or those were not places where they wanted to work in. When they started but this they journey. Thought that, exactly. But they thought that, well, you may have to start from small 
and then maybe it go up because hey you're african hey you're nigerian you're coming to canada you can't just start at the level where you left off or you can't just launch into your dream or you can't just be whatever it is that you want so those are the two categories of people that are the two categories of mindset that people have when they get into the country and with hops helping other people succeed we do mindset transformation one helping you to refocus helping you to to realign your mindset your thoughts your behaviors your outlook to life and then we do career transformation some people know i know i can start off as a senior business analyst i know i can start off as a senior banking officer i know i can start off as anything i just don't have the capability yet i need direction i need guidance i need support i need help those ones have need for just career transformation there are people that are like no i don't think i can do it man i have like three brothers who came here they first worked for two years hmm. as 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 parking associate and then another one year they worked as valet associate and mm. that was after they were now able to now start as junior project manager or as junior pharmacist those guys first need mindset transformation before career transformation so those are the services that we provide um, in helping other people succeed i totally i totally see the value in in what you're trying what you're doing how you begin your journey is dependent on the kind of the people you meet when you arrive in the country. Um, when I arrived, um, I was fortunate enough to have to have you know be, been taken in by a family that um, that was I was I was introduced introduced to. I arrived ahead of my family, so I, I wanted to come and see you know be able to put things in place. So I came and this family took me in, and um, and a lot of a lot of decisions I took was totally influenced by. This family, because again, I didn't know anyone. This, this was my first time in North America, so a lot of my decisions were were influenced by um, this. And I totally, I'm totally grateful for this family because they did a, a whole lot, you know, in helping me settle in. And there was something the, the, the man told me when he picked me up at the airport. He said, um, "You would never forget this day that somebody actually picked you from the airport." And I, I totally held that to, to my to heart. And um, when I, every time I've had the opportunity to help people, you know, to pick people from the airport and help them transition, I do with so much joy because I, I, I then say to myself, this, oh, this is how fulfilled this guy must have felt the day he came to the airport to, to pick me up. So um, I totally see the value in you saying people need a total mindset re-engineering and a total career re-engineering. Um, yeah. I arrived in 2016 and I, I met this guy he's from india he had been here for years and the guy had totally given up on the opportunity the possibility of him achieving anything and the only reason he was still here is just to work and send money home he was not here because he wanted to build a career or build a dream he was just here just to work and send money he's a lawyer he has a master's degree he studied in, he studied in germany his master's from germany and for some reason, he'll come to work every day complaining about the job. And I used to sit next to him. He would complain every single day and he kept coming back. And it got some point I had to request that my seat be changed because I came, of course, I had an idea of what I wanted to do. So I had a focus. But this guy would come to work, complain every single day. And one day I asked him, I said, why haven't you done, you have a master's in, in, in law. Why haven't you done anything? It's too expensive. It takes so long. I said, but you've been here for like over six years. It doesn't take that longer than six years. It's only take, it takes a decision. 
So I, I totally agree with you that people need a total mindset transformation and total career shift. And I can see how that would add a lot of value to people coming in. Recently, you were nominated for the RBC. Um, Up 25 Canadian Immigrant Award. Per, now, how did, you, yes. how did you get to that point? First off, what drives us to do what we do? At the HOPS, helping other people succeed, and then also at my private consulting company, it's not recognition. It's impact. But at times, the impact then drives you towards recognition. So when we got into the country, it took us, myself and Taiwo, it took us very, very little time to integrate into the, into the Canadian working workspace. Very little time. Few weeks. And then we, didn't, we didn't have to start as whatever. Uh, we literally just started. He got a job as a project manager, got a job as a scrum master, agile coach. And then we interacted with some of our guys. And we realized that a lot of them were telling stories that were slightly different from the experience that we had. Oh, I've been in the country for four months. I've been here for five months. I haven't got any job. I haven't got any gig. I haven't got this. I haven't got that, X, Y, and Z. We even met someone who was thinking of returning back home and all of those things. We used to, we've been doing a lot of mentoring and coaching individually, uh, but we thought to ourselves, like, why not let's just put together a platform, expand that platform, and in a structured way, support all of these people so that they can also start enjoying the, the happiness, the joy, the value that we are enjoying working in the job that we want to work and in the amount that we want to earn and all of those things. And then we created that HOPS list in 2018. We've been helping a lot of, we've been supporting a lot of people and all of that. And uh, some have gone ahead to get their dream jobs. Some have passed certification exams. Uh, some have changed their mindset and all of that. And I think, I think this is what someone saw the impact that someone saw and got us nominated for that mm-hmm. top 25 Canadian immigrants award. award. I so, believe so. <laughs> so you don't even know how you, how you ended up on that list. <laughs> it reminds me of what um, I think was Jim Rohn that said this. He said, if you help many people achieve what they want, they'll help you achieve what you want. So you don't even know. You just, you just woke up one morning and saw your name on the, on the, on the, on the list of awards. I just got a mail that... Isn't that amazing? You know, I'm like, sorry. You know, but that, yeah. That's, that's, a, that's amazing. Now, let's go back to how you got this job because I, I believe a lot of our listeners will be wondering, okay, so you came in and you're saying within which you got... What, what did you do? What did you do exactly? Yeah, I believe that I've had like some success in my career from where I've been. Mm-hmm. And I also believe that the success that I have had in my career or the progress that I've had in my career is not because I am from Africa or from Nigeria, or it's not because I was working in Nigeria. If I'm going to be working in England, if I'm going to be working in North America, if I'm going to be working anywhere, I can have that same success. You know, I, I, I went to Ife. And 
we used to joke like we used to joke in Ife like oh you by the way Obafemi mm-hmm. University greatest Ife great <laughs> go go <laughs> greatest of <laughs> <Abu> sites <laughs> huh? which one if I you <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll, I'll just put it I just I like to I like to joke a lot about my wife went to Ife by the way so she she's always saying saying those things anyway yes, so. <laughs> yeah um. So we used to say in, in Ife that um, if someone that is in second class upper in Ife goes to uni like the person blacks first class. <laughs> like then then we saw a lot of our guys that went to maybe England or the States for masters and they were topping their mm. class massive. Mm. So the same mindset that see, I'm in Nigeria and I'm a project manager, I'm head of PMO. If I get to the UK, if I get to America, if I get to Canada, I can become the head of PMO there. Hmm. Forget it. It's not a fluke. You know what I mean? Like, Absolutely. I know I can, like, black, black, brilliant, bold. And this is all That's about you believing in yourself. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, simply like, oh, you know, you can't say, yeah, you know, Niger is Niger. No, you can't come here. I want to also, I, I don't believe that. Anyways, mm-hmm. so I came with that mindset. I did a lot of, a lot of, uh, a lot of preparation before I got in. Like before I even came in, I've had my resume uh, worked on, reviewed by some organization here, Costi. There are no more, okay. I think. Okay. Or PrepCon. I'm not sure they're, they're, they're still existing. Okay. Or PrepCon. I've got my, um, I've got my resume resume reviewed and tailored to the Canadian style. Right. Uh, before I came here, I'd researched the several opportunities and jobs that I can work in. Like I'm a business analyst. I'm a project manager. Um, I'm an agile coach. I've looked at those three roles. I've looked at the requirements. Just go on indie.ca. You can see the requirements for a business analyst, for scrum master, for a project manager. I've looked at the capability that I have developed over the years and the gap. Hmm. Oh, they're always requ- requesting for JIRA. They're always requesting for conf- confluence. They're always requesting for um, facilitation. Do I have that? Okay, maybe I don't have some of these, but if I really want to work in that profession, I need to develop that capability. So I've identified all of that. And with, let's say we kind of like came prepared. So I got into the country, um, settled down after about a week, got an apartment after about a week, and we started putting out the resume. So putting out the resume, started also developing additional capabilities, particularly soft skill capabilities uh, that will be attractive to, to the employers. Employers. Yeah. Look at how to take interviews, and the kind of responses that you give to interviews, and the way you present your responses at interviews. Um, try to read body language and all of those things. So I've done a lot of research, a lot of work before getting into the country, such that when I got into the country, I just literally just started implementing some of those strategies. Some things worked well, something I needed to tweak and all of that, but preparation, preparation, preparation. If you're fortunate to have like a mentor or a coach that's already here, it works better for you. Before I arrived, we had heard Canada is a place where they're, they're in need of lots of project managers, business analysts. You know, there was just mad rush for going to 
you know, do the BH training. But you see, after I arrived, I found that even with those trainings, it, it wasn't automatic because I, when after, after I got here, I still found people, you know, in different places that I worked that were still going to, going to attend those trainings. Yeah. And I, I don't know how to say it, but they were going to those trainings and they were being trained by certain um, training organizations that were, put, that were helping them, you know, re- rewrite their resumes and help them provide them with, or maybe look for jobs or provide them with jobs. I'm not sure how they do it, but... What would you, what would your take be on that? Because I I didn't quite understand it. because from what you're saying, you had already had skills, you had yep. experience, you yep. had um, you had been able to identify the gap and you were able to plug yep. what you had to uh, to meet the gaps in the marketplace. How yep. would you? What would be your take on people that just go to take the training just for the sake of applying for 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 the jobs? There are maybe two reasons why people decide to pursue a career. Maybe three. The first one is uh, the people that work in that profession make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. The second one is someone just blindly told them that is the career that is really raining. But the problem is, or the challenge is, those guys don't really understand what a business analyst does. Exactly. Don't really understand the personality, the profile of a business analyst. I have a friend of my, well, yeah, I can call her my friend. She doesn't like writing. She doesn't like talking to people. She doesn't like facing people. She just likes being in, in, uh, being on her own and all of those. And she comes and she says, Hey, I want to be a business analyst. I'm like, well, these are the things that business analysts do. So these are like what your personality will should look like to be able to, to do function this. very well. I'm not saying you cannot because I don't believe there's anything that anybody cannot. I'm just saying that look to see if your personality, if your profile, if your interest aligns with this. I do training and when people, when I do training, people go like, how I can train for like six hours at a go. People are like, how do you do it? I'm like, it comes so naturally. It's your passion. Like I don't even like I don't even think about it. I can't do um I can't do house things. <laughs> right? Like, you know, those I I'm, I I suck at that. So those people that just go blindly haven't really taken time to understand their own personality their own configuration and then the personality of a business analyst and then see if there is alignment. And that's why at times after you've been taught, after you've been trained, after you've received certification and someone has helped you to get a job at the end of maybe like one year, you're like, I'm trying to change Hmm. because it's not exactly what you enjoy it's not exactly what you do very easily i remember when when i was in uni they used to say uh the, the career that you should focus on should be the career that or the profession that you can do very easily like someone can wake you up tomorrow and say let's let's go and then you won't even think twice because it's it can be kind of lonely yeah uh, there may not be a lot of people that you can tell your, your 
frustration and all of those things too in the office. Mm. So if you're not really vibing well, if you're not really digging what you're doing, man, you're going to be frustrated. You're going to be, when it's time to go to work, like, oh my goodness, I have to go to work. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Oh my goodness. The Monday morning dread. Yeah. So I, so I, I think people should sit down and really, really understand themselves and understand what that career or that profession entails and see if there is agreement, if there is alignment. Um, I don't know what religion you, 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 um, you, you align with, but there's a good book that says two cannot work together except there is an agreement. The personality, it doesn't even just mean people, the personality of a business analyst and the personality of Bola Adeshokme cannot work together except there is alignment, except there is unity, except there is um, agreement. Hmm. So first is sit down and understand yourself, what you like and all of those things. So understand what that role entails and see if that's what you want to do. With regards to what you do currently, um, HOPS, which is the yeah. helping other people succeed, that's the Correct. social enterprise, right? Mm-hmm. Um, is, that, is that the same as your, the, your trainings that you do on the side or the trainings come under the HOPS? At the risk of marketing. <laughs> oh, no, 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 you um, will. I'm, I'm going to ask you to tell us where people can find you because, oh, of course, I'm absolutely. Marketing. Yeah, absolutely. I have the helping other people succeed with my friend Taiwo, which is a social enterprise. And what we do, uh, coaching, mentoring, like mock interviews, resume critique, not development. We won't help you to develop your resume. No, right. You send what you have to us. We say, okay, this is not good. This is where you to structure it. Uh, because I know people do some funny stuff around resume and, and all of this. I don't subscribe to that. We're going to look at it and we're going to help you to say, okay, well, uh, look for your accomplishment and put here, take this out, you know, and all of those things. Um, and then we do those the things that we do. But it's possible that at times when people want to move from one career to another, they may need to uh, take some courses or some training. Okay. That we don't do in helping other people succeed. I have a private consulting company called Stacy and Lloyd Consulting. And because I work as a consultant with organizations even here, uh, it's the Stacy and Lloyd Consulting that does the, the training for, for organizations, right? And these are kind of like two separate things. We don't say, we don't use HOPS to market, no. People come naturally. Uh, for for the, for the training arm, the Stacy and Lloyd's is that is that what you do full time? Is that what you do on the side? Yeah, so that's my that's my that's my nine to five, if you okay. will. Awesome. Although at times it's nine to like twelve a.m. <laughs> <laughs> that's like my nine to five. Uh, while HOPS because it's, everything is free, right? We're funding it by ourselves, spending our time, uh, you know, knowledge and all of those. Uh, we do most of those things for free, but they are also, that's also sort of like separate from from this in life. Well, if I understand you perfectly well, so you arrived in 2018. You started yes. um, HOPS, helping other people succeed. You also started your consulting business, Stacy and Lloyd. Just to clarify here, was there any point in time that you had in nine to five before you started Stacy and Lloyd? I, I incorporated Stacy and Lloyd immediately. I got here. 
Okay. Uh, because I wanted to continue as a consultant. Sure. And most organizations were doing contracting. And they would do contracting with a registered or incorporated business. So I was using Stacy and Lloyd for that contracting with organizations like Bell and all of those things. Okay. While HOPS was just for professionals, every focus on immigrants. And all. From 2018 to, to today, what would you say has been your biggest your biggest challenge with regards to your consulting business? I think to the glory of God, I know people don't like to hear that, like, eh, forget it. Anyways, I think, I think things have been working very well. For the consulting practice, I think things have been working very well for Stacey and Lloyd. For the training practice, because Stacey and Lloyd also has an academy. That's where we do the training. For the training practice, I think that, so we had a model, we had a pricing model in Stacey and Lloyd. And the model is such that we still inject that social enterprise component of HOPS to Stacey and Lloyd. So for example, all of our trainings are at a price point that is more than 50% subsidized. Mm. You know, for example, say someone is taking like a CBAP training for like 1500 um, You get it for almost half the price with Stacey and Lloyd. So some of the things that people had told me was, well, you know, when I looked at one training organization or one training person charging 2500 and then someone says, oh, have you heard of Bola, the shop where that does training? His training is, say, for example, 799 And they're like, oh, come on, 7 and I can never deliver it. Okay. You know, that kind of stuff. So that's like some of the feedback that we've been sort of getting. Uh, but you know what? It's what it is. Right. I, I, I would say is. I would say regardless of what people are saying, I mean you yeah. like your driving driving um, value has been impact like you like you stated at the start of the interview. And I believe that right. it's the impact that has given you the kind of recognition you have. Um I also believe that with a with a pricing model like that, regardless of what people say, um you have certain values you you uphold with regards to how you do your consulting. And I believe that goes Absolutely. a long way to set you aside in, in the industry. I mean, how would you believe that within two years, you've you arrived, you, you settled in, you started a consulting, you have a social enterprise, you've been recognized by, you know, some of the largest financial institutions in the, in the country, and you've only been here for less than, say, three, three years. I mean, that's, that's an amazing feat, considering the fact, again, that you're a black man. Yeah, right. You're a black man. You're not a black man from this part of the world. You're, you're an immigrant and you've, you've been able to establish yourself and put a stamp of authority on, on what you do in, in this, in this climate. And I'll say that's, that's a huge accomplishment considering the, considering the time frame. But if you're at liberty, because we also want to give, give some context to um, yeah. people that might be listening, especially those who, who might be, you know, thinking, I, okay, I want to start up a business, but again, there's a lot of challenge with regards to what you have done so far. If you if you are at liberty to share, so what would you what would you what would you say some some what would you say are some of the biggest lessons you have learned? If I mean, if you had someone that was coming into immigrating to Canada from wherever wherever else, not necessarily like Jeff, wherever else, and he's listening to to you right yeah. now, what would you say has been some of the biggest lessons you have learned in this journey? This your journey so far. First is, if your application is being delayed, uh, if your arrival is being, is being delayed, 
it is an opportunity. It's an opportunity for you to prepare for what's going to happen when you get in. You know, one of the problems that I see with a lot of us is we have a future that we want. And we focus so much on the arrival of the future that we don't use the present to prepare ourselves to be able to live to the fullest in that future. Mm. I'm waiting for whatever it is, PPR. And I'm like, well, I can't wait to get to Canada. I can't wait to get to Canada. And I'm not really doing anything Anything. that will help me to easily integrate. Mm. So you have to prepare. Uh, Do as many research as you can. As many research as you can. Second is, yes, you can. You Mm. can do anything. You can do anything. You can overcome any challenge. If you are an individual, it means that God created you. At least. And there are challenges in the world. There are limitations. There are problems. But you can overcome it because whatever it is, either an individual is an idea that's born, overcomes the world with the right mindset, with the right approach, with the right outlook overcomes the world Two, three try as much as possible to get guidance from the right people from the right set of people guidance mentoring coaching if you will try and then number four put a filter in your ears Mm. That's a very Put a filter one. in your ears. There are people online, offline, saying 95% of people that leave their country to the US, to Canada, usually end up this way. You can't say you won't see that because you don't have control over what feeds into your timeline or what you hear. Well, like I said, Filter is what prevents what goes in. Put a filter Hmm. in your ear. As much as possible, believe that you can. Um, When you're experiencing any sorts of delays, make sure you use that to your advantage. Do all the research you can, preparing for the the set goals and and the dream um, the dream careers you have, you have you've, you know, that you've imagined yourself to, to be doing it yeah. when you arrive. And then yeah. most importantly, filter the thoughts and the things that you hear. Yeah. Amazing. And then number four, association. I think yeah. a bigger, a bigger issue that we have, um, that I think we have as, 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 um, you know, immigrants, well, maybe not largely all of us, maybe people from where we come from, which is Nigeria. It's, we, we, were, we were not big on mentorship and coaching. Yeah. It's, not, it's not something that's part of our culture, where we're coming from. So when we come here and someone is saying, you need to work with a coach, you need to work with a mentor, it sounds strange. And, and we, we fail to recognize that we have come into a society that, that, um, that coaching and mentoring is a huge part of professional and career development. So some some um, major organizations have actually uh, put that as part of their de- uh, the career transformation uh, process. 
So yeah. for people like us coming into these climbs and um, we're being told you need to work with a coach, you need to invest in yourself, you need to invest in mentorship. Most of us would rather seek opportunities where those things are free and not willing to pay for them because we don't have them. It's not what we are used to. What, how, would you, how would you relate to this, to this situation? Uh, we don't see the need for, for guidance, uh, for mentorship or coaching. Maybe because we think it makes us weak. Like, oh, I, why, we are now the one telling me what to do or to how do. to do it. Hmm. But the truth of the matter is, you know, there's this, where I come from, there's this saying that what an old man sees sitting down will be beyond the view and reach of a young person, even when the person is standing on a tree or CN Tower. What that means is um, a mentor is someone who has passed through a path that you're trying to pass through. And the person is able to then guide you. The person is able to use their experience, their mistakes, their learnings to guide you. Somehow, somehow, we do those things on things that are not career-related. Like if you're, uh, if you're going to, say, for example, if you're going to uh, another state, you're in Lagos, you're going to, say, Ibadan, for example, and you call someone who is already in Ibadan, and you're like, hey, how was the road? Is the road clear? Uh, what path should I take? And the say, oh, there's traffic on Todd Mainland Bridge. Make sure you take the other road. Make sure you take... That's guiding. Mm. That's mentoring. Mm. That's coaching. Well, try and gas up before you get there because the gas, the gas stations are closed and all of those. Mm. But we don't really apply those things to our career. Mm. Now, we get here, we see the importance, we see the need, we see the value in those things. And then we say... Is it not just to tell me you know, <laughs> and all of those things? Um, why do I have to pay you? Mm. We do a lot of mentoring. We do a lot of free mentoring, like most of our things are free. And in Stacey and Lloyd, I, I also do some, some charging for that. I've seen a number of times uh, we've, I've booked meetings with people for free mentoring and they wouldn't show up. Hmm, that's a huge they wouldn't show up that's a huge they wouldn't show up Uh, mock interviews they wouldn't show up some will show up and they won't be very very committed Um, for like a month we're mentoring someone like next week do this assignment and then we'll review and then next week they join the session but they haven't done it Uh, there's this saying that where you don't pay for, you don't really value you don't pay attention people who pay pay attention because it's not really costing you anything Whereas it's costing the other guys, costing the mentor a lot of like time. And you know, they say time is money and all of those things. Right. Um, yeah. But you know, it's what it is. Um, if people don't want free things, then you, you put in some, um, some pricing around it. I mean, for you to have, to, to be able to share the kind of knowledge you, you, you have acquired, it has cost you thousands and thousands of dollars. I, I mean, I say this because I also know I'm, you find out that when you when you're invested in the process, you give it your best shot. And absolutely. some of the, some of my coaches would say to me that, listen, if you want to get the absolute best result for any of your clients, you need to get them to pay. Because whoever mm. pays 
will mm. commit to his success. Yeah. And that's how you get the best results for those people. But if you offer yeah. some free coaching, free time, the person is not invested in it. He's not going to commit to it. He's going to end up not getting the results. And those are the people mm. that will go around and say, those things don't work. Mm. You see, and, and I totally, you know, I, 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 I need to join your, your coaching school. <laughs> <laughs> it's true because uh, you find that you yeah. give those things away for free, but you don't, those people don't commit to it. So they don't get the desired results and they don't give you the kind of, testimonials because they now make begin to create certain doubts around you yourself i'll tell you a story about um, john maxwell um he told us this one time that when he started out you know wanting to become a leadership guru um he was pastoring a church at the time and he wanted to grow his church to be i mean a church with some certain certain level of recognition he said he sought out the most the, the most successful pastors at the time he sent them a letter and then he put in that in each of those letters, he put a check for a hundred dollars. He said, "If you're willing to just spend one hour with me," they didn't ask for him to pay. He told them, "I'm offering to pay for this time because I know your time is valuable, and I just want to be able to sit with you for one hour, ask you a couple of questions." And he says, "Some of those pastors responded. Some didn't take his offer, but as many that took his offer, he went there. He offered them. He paid them. And then, I mean, today John Maxwell is the most recognized authority on the subject of leadership." But yep. he recognized the power of mentorship. So when somebody says, can't you just, there's nothing just. You didn't just, you didn't just acquire this knowledge. You paid to get yeah. this knowledge. Yeah. You, I mean, so you cannot just say, Can, can't you just tell me? Yeah. If I yeah. just tell you, you won't just do it. You won't yeah. just get the results and you'll still be the yeah. same. There is nothing that is free. Someone is paying for it. Now, what has happened when someone is doing free mentoring, or for you is they have transferred the payment from you to themselves. Hmm. You're like, eh, but you're not working today. Yes, I'm not working today, but that one hour that I'm going to spend with you, I can as well be resting and sleeping. And that rest is injecting, is depositing energy into me that I can use for other things that will give me money. But like you said, at times people don't, and to, to, be, to be fair, to be honest, that a lot of them that really value those free stuff, right, that really value it, you know, but largely the perception of people about free things is... It's valueless. Yeah, like, ah, oh, you know, it's okay, I don't really have to show for it. But when, when they pay for it, they show up. They act on it because it's costing them something. And I want to get value in exchange of that money that they've parted away with. So, Bola, if, if, I mean, if we had someone to, uh, people that wanted to reach out to you for some, ment- again, guys, um, Bola is offering this as a social, social um, endeavor. Um, it may be free, but it's absolutely costing a lot. So if you're going to reach out to Bola, you need to be able to value the time, be committed to the process and help and let, let people that have been through this and know what they're doing, guide you and help you achieve some certain level of success with regards to your career or if it's a career transition you're looking for. So, Bola, if people wanted to reach out to Hobbs, how, how will they find you? Uh, you can just go to www.hopsglobal.org. H-O-P-S-Global. That's hopsglobal.org. Uh, we've got a website there. We've supported hundreds of, of professionals. We have a page on LinkedIn. We have a group on LinkedIn also. Uh, you can also just shoot an email to help 
at hopsglobal.org. Or you can connect with me on LinkedIn, Bola Adeshopay, or connect with Taiwo Abraham, uh, connect with some of our mentors. What's the um, application process like? Is it they go on the website, they fill out an application form, or how does that work? Yeah, so we have a number of programs or initiatives that we run in helping other people succeed. Uh, the first one is Accelerate. Accelerate is a one to two month free coaching and mentoring program. We run this quarterly. We're also on Instagram, ops underscore global. Follow us. We put out the application. Hey, we're now opening the next stream of okay. Accelerate. And we have mentors from all over the world. We have mentors in the US, mentors in England, mentors in Canada, all across. You apply, we look at your resume, we look at your profile, we look at what you need, your expectation, and then we're able to match you with a mentor that is able to help you meet your expectation. So that runs for about a month or a month and a half. So that's Accelerate. We also have um, our fireside chats. This is where we just provide, like we bring thought leaders, industry experts, just to share insights and thought leadership and all of those on several topics. Um, but for mentoring and coaching, um, you may need to wait for, uh, for when the accelerator is starting. Or if we have a mentor who is free and depending on what you want to achieve, if you just want someone to sort of like provide some interview coaching with you, that probably won't take two months, right? Like a month and a half. You can just drop. Uh, drop a message on the website, fill the contact us form on the website, and then our guys will get to you. We'll get back to you. Absolutely. So, guys, you heard it all. If you're for some sort of um, career coaching, mentorship, again, this is from the social social enterprise aspect, which will, which will be free, but absolutely costing them costing them their time and their, their money investment. Just reach out to hopsglobal.org, you said? Correct, yes. Hopsglobal.org, go on to the website, fill out the application forms, and follow them on their various social media platforms. We'll have the uh, the links in the description below. So you can just, even if there isn't an Accelerate program open at the time, just follow them on these different platforms, and you'll always be uh, be notified when uh, the when the next cohort of um, coaching will be will begin, and if they have um, some free or available mentor willing to work with you at that time. But at this point, I want to say a big, big thank you for giving us this time to chat to help people understand what you're doing and, and your the offering you have to help immigrants integrate and um, and build the kind of career that they're looking for. No worries, bro. You too. Bye, everyone. And uh, keep listening to the podcast. Subscribe. Turn on the notification. This bro. is the League of Icons. Mind your mind. Be your focus and play by a different set of rules.